Hello everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Good Faith Idea Exchange. Uh, this happens to be the second to last episode of this season. Uh, the episode following this uh, next week will be the season two finale. After the season two finale, you won't be getting a new episode from me until um, until January of next year. So I'm going to make sure that the season finale is a really good one. I hope you guys have enjoyed the episodes that I've put out um, for season two. You know, we've definitely touched on a lot of different stuff from dating and relationships to race and other heavy stuff. But I um, hope you guys have enjoyed it. Real quick, um, this is the part two, um, the continuation of Life Aboard a Naval Submarine. Um, I hope you guys enjoy it. When you, I first went on my, my first underway, we, it was like this big adventure, right? Like you pack your stuff up. I can't believe we're going to actually do this now. Like you're flying out. It's the first time I've seen the actual submarine. We get on the boat. Uh, we're there for a week or so, and then like it's time to go. I swear to God, my first day underway on a on a, a nuclear submarine, we had a fire on board, and I don't mean like a, somebody ran a fire drill. I mean a no shit, a fire on the boat. And fires on submarines are super scary because a there's very limited oxygen on these things, and b everything is wildly flammable. So like speed, you got to get these things out super fast. I remember climbing out of my rack because I had just gone down. And then the DJ, you can probably help me out. Was it the general alarm or is there a specific fire alarm? I don't remember. That's general alarm. General yeah. alarm. Yep. Speaking so, of flooding anyway, with the collision alarm. Yeah. Th- this alarm goes off and like everybody's freaking out and jumping up like, Jesus, are we doing drills already? We haven't been underway, you know, six hours. Uh, and when I knew it wasn't a drill is I saw like, I don't know, uh, 25 grown men go sprinting past me in their underwear and boots. And I was like, oh no, this is a real one. They would have put their clothes on if this was a drill. And sure enough, we had a fire in uh, Machinery One in one of the the air vents. Um, oh, for some reason, I thought you were talking about the the fire that happened in uh, Machinery Two with the oxygen generators. Because I wasn't there for that, but I thought that I was the one. No, 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 no. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I I don't remember the Machinery Two thing. Might have been before me, but yeah, I've heard funny stories about that one. Well, I, I can tell you what's not funny is being brand new to a submarine and thinking, "Oh my god, like I, I might die." My right. in my first six hours of being underway, right? So yeah, and then the other thing that happened right when I first got to the boat is one of my friends had a bachelor party, and one of the guys in my unit ended up getting arrested in like a completely different city than where we all lived, and like having to go through the investigation when I I had been on the boat for seriously two weeks, and like I have to go and talk to all these like really senior senior chiefs, and I say seniors, and they've just been there forever, right? really important folks, but like high ranking and they're scary when you're an E3. Like, you know, here I am, uh, but you know, rank nothing, right. Having to talk to these really important people (laughs) and they're like asking me questions and they're obviously pissed off and annoyed that this whole incident happened. I I think several people went to captain's mass or at least XOI based on that. And I was like, for sure that it was going to be one of these one crew, one screw things where like everyone involved got in trouble. So yeah, my, my first, you know, six months on the boat were pretty interesting. My, uh, <laughs> I interrupt. my first experience on that boat was completely different. Do tell. So, so I remember I showed up to Georgia 
in Kings Bay. And then I was I was checking into the base for like two weeks and I flew out to um Degar because that's where the boat was, right? That's not classified. That's like normal knowledge that we were afforded deployed at Diego Garcia. It's true. Uh, I just looked that up. You're yep. good. Normal, normal thing. Uh so I get there and I was with a I was flying out there with a uh higher ranking member. We were both checking into the boat. I was brand new to the Navy. He's been at that point for like 20 some years. Uh I can't I don't want to say his name. Okay. Uh, I'll text you later. But still in? No, no, he retired recently. Uh he liked fishing. He was from the South. Does that make any sense? Okay. A ganger. Yes. Uh, yeah, yep. Same guy. Okay. Same guy Just talking about. So flying out to him, we fl- we go to Virginia. We fly up from Jacksonville to uh to Norfolk. And it's like a five hour delay of our flight um, to get on the rotator that goes out there. And I was like, oh, I'm just really quiet because like right, this dude has been in the Navy longer than I've been alive. I'm really quiet. And he's like, hey, man, let's go get some beer. And I'm like, all right, man, let's do that. I called a buddy who was stationed down there, gave us a ride, picked up a, like a 24 rack of like Coors. And we killed it in the parking lot of <laughs> the fucking... <laughs> of the airport but <clears throat> so uh however many hours later two days or whatever we we drank in every single place we stopped which was like greece italy uh bahrain like we drank the entire two days two two and a half days on the plane which is, i guess technically that's a bender but you know i was 21 at the time so like whatever yeah there's a reason that drink to the foam is a part of our our um our anthem yeah and i remember that's, that's a real thing I we landed in Degar uh Saturday night. I remember this. It was like in the in the later in the evening. And I remember I'm already I'm still drunk and halfway hung over at the same time because it's been a while, you know, for a couple of days drinking warm beer in airport terminals. And I land and I meet my sea dad, who's like my sponsor, like the guy who's supposed to like mentor me and show me the ways, who ended up eventually just abandoning me completely, which is I mean, he did the right thing, honestly. Uh, but <laughs> who was that? Was that Dalton? Yeah, it was Dalton. Yeah, he just like it. This guy sucks. His yeah, can't do anything with this kid. I'm done. Yeah, which I don't blame him at all. It took me a long time. I was a shithead for a while. It took me a long time to get my shit together. But Saturday night, I was still kind of drunk, and I remember giving him my sea bag, and he was like, "Cool, we're gonna put this in your rack, and we're going out to the club tonight." There's a little club called the Brick Club on the island. It wasn't really a club. It was like a, almost like a makeshift tent on the beach. <laughs> you guys know exactly what I'm talking about because we've all been there. I'm already drunk, and I started drinking the what one dollar beers they had, and with like almost everyone from the crew. I remember uh, there was a certain uh, uh, sonar tech who was leading the division. If you know what I'm talking about, possibly a, a, a cob now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep, he was there. I thought he was a third class. Turns out, <laughs> not. That was a senior chief. He, he was a senior chief at the time. Yep, uh, great guy though. Great yep. guy. Oh yeah, one of the best. One of the one of the best people I've ever met in the Navy. Honestly, I was drinking with him. We were singing uh, Bruce Springsteen songs together. Him and a couple of guys, and like I was brand new to the boat, and I was already partying with these guys. So like, I feel like I already had a good start. 
Well, then I blacked out at a certain point drinking those five five dollar Long Island iced teas used with Monster. Oh my and, God, uh, dude, the Monster IT or the Monster yeah. would ruin you. <laughs> yeah, for real. Lewin bought me like six of those one night. I thought he was trying to like take me home. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going anywhere with you. You know that, right? <laughs> He's like, yeah, man. He might have been trying to take you home potentially. Uh, but. Anyway, so I remember blacked out at some point. Don't know how I got back to the boat. All I remember is waking up. In like a, basically a coffin at like, I don't know what time, and I kind of just opened the curtain, and I was like, I don't know where the fuck I am right now. And I just laid there until somebody come and found me and <laughs> showed me around the boat because I never got a tour. Like I had no idea where I was. I woke up in soft birthing, which is people don't know on the SSG and soft birthing is where like the seals and the divers sleep. And uh, it's the best. Mostly the new people. Being, it's the best place to sleep. Honest. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I thought I, I thought I was going to be really happy in the bunk room, and then I realized that when I was in soft birthing, I had two racks to myself. Exactly. And when I was in the bunk room, I only had the one, and then I had to actually share. I mean, how many square feet do you guys think that room is? Um, 20? 30? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe 30. Nine grown <laughs> men in 30 square foot is what I'm going to go with. It I've was. Been- in walk-in closets and Section 8 housing that are bigger than those bunk rooms. Yeah, it was disgustingly, disgustingly small. Which I can't even complain about because now what I'm I'm on a fast attack now, and we don't have that. You guys, how do you guys have to hot rack for real? Is that a real thing? Uh, a lot of people hot rack, not me because I'm way too senior for that shit. That's but super gross. A lot of people hot rack. I'm talking. I'm like, we have a lot of people under people people go underway with us a lot, yeah. um, like civilians because of yeah. what we do. And there'll be like 250 people that go underway. We had to do that a couple times with Georgia. Remember those guys, long hair, civilian uh, clothes? Every time the guys we played golf with every day. You didn't tell me your real name, did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah, but they plenty of birthing though. We had plenty of birthing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> oh, man. All right, on my current submarine, uh, we don't have a lot of birthing. Uh, basically, our torpedo room is most of birthing and sleeping in the torpedo room on any submarine is not a fun experience, but everyone who sleeps in the torpedo room when we go underway is hot ragging. That's awful. Cause it's all, uh, everyone is in the torpedo room sucks to say it. They're all their most junior guys and they deserve it. I'm not going <laughs> to hot rack. I'm going to get six. I have seven years on a submarine. I have over three years underway. Like, no, not happening. Yeah. I'm not hot ragging. Uh, but regardless, it's not a fun time for them. For me, it's fine. I don't hot wreck. <laughs> I have a, I have a, I, this last underway, I decided to make my rack the most Versace rack of all time. And I had a TV mounted in there and I was in like a top rack. So I had like extra headspace and I had like a separate mount for like my phone and I had like my, uh, Nintendo Switch hooked up to my TV, so I was playing like The Witcher, like all underway. That's pretty dope. Okay. <laughs> and did I have, you like, have uh, Did you have the big uh, the space like Spacefall mattress topper though? I did. Okay, um, yeah. I had that. I had custom fitted sheets that I bought for an RV that just happened to be the same size. That's that's pretty cool. Um, I had two pillows. I had two blankets. One was a like a fleece blanket. One was like a or more like a like a quilt. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, I feel like we need to define hot racking since we talked about it for like five I'll minutes. explain hot racking. 
This is hot racking. Ready? Oh, all right. So hot racking. Um, so imagine a coffin, and that coffin is where you sleep. Uh, so you have eight hours on a watch. You have eight hours off watch, and then eight hours of sleep time. So you get off watch. So you're eight hours off, going to do maintenance, workout, whatever you got to do, calls, qualifications, um, and then you go to sleep in your your oncoming, what we call it, your time before watch, and you're in your rack for eight hours. When you get out of the rack, somebody's already waiting to get back into your same rack. There's three people to a single rack. Yeah, it'd be a lot like, wait, three people? Yep, three people. I thought it was only doubles, but nope. uh, for everyone out there uh, working civilian jobs, it would be like working a 12-hour shift. And when you get off of a shift, like the person that you're going to swap you know, places with, they came home and gotten back into your bed. <laughs> it's still being warm, thus the term hot racking. Um, never had to do it, thank God, but it is the, a disgusting practice on many a small uh, small boats. Well, the reason it's disgusting is because uh, your rack is your only private space. And it's what just do you disgusting do? in general, truthfully. Like I, being out now, like I won't get in my bed if I don't shower at night. Oh, <laughs> I'm not, not going to do it. And so like, yeah, not everybody feels that way though. You know what I mean? Like some people like, especially underway, there were dudes that would be like days before they'd shower. Yeah, that's I don't true. want that dude in my rack. That's gross. Good gracious. But yeah. For everyone listening, and uh, this is going to be a little gross, and I apologize in advance for this, but imagine... Thomas is sweating right now. I want you to know. He's like, what <laughs> the hell is this dude about to say that I have to edit out? All right. well. Anyway. So, Thomas, you have to edit all this stuff out. Yeah, I, I, to wrap up. Yeah, I, I, I know. Um, I apologize. So, no, that, no, that's fine. Um, so... Um, so anyway, yeah, so trying to, you know, kind of bring it all into perspective, you know, so when you when you get to us, when you get to a submarine um, earlier, um, you may have heard uh, Tyler and Aaron mention um, uh, something about quals. Quals is short for qualifications. Um, when, when, when you get to uh, <clears throat> when you get to your command, you you literally, you know, like pretty much as soon as you sit down you get this stack of papers and on those papers are, you know, all these different, you know, systems, subsystems on the submarine. And you have to, you know, get in the books, you have to study, you have to study pretty hard and start learning all of these systems. And you have to learn and understand um, how things connect with one another. And, um, you know, you really have to have a good understanding of how things work and once you complete all of those <laughs> qualifications that are considered ships qualifications, then um, you eventually, you know, eventually you take your DC practical, which is short for damage control, where you, you know, have to, you know, show that you can, um, you know, handle yourself in the event of a fire, uh, you know, event of a fire, uh, a massive, a massive casualty. And then, um, you know, after that, then you, you know, you, you take an exam and all this other stuff. And then it ends with your board where you stand up in front of, um, you know, usually it's, usually it's three people um, of different rank on the, um, on the boat, um, you know, very, you know, more very experienced people who, you know, question, you give you a whole bunch of questions and you have to um, end up 
drawing an entire, um, you know, really drawing an entire system, you know, your, yourself. And, um, you know, you, this is, these are some of the things that you do and you have to learn and pick up, um, to get, you know, what's Nick, what's nicknamed your fish. You know, when they, when people say your fish, they're referring to your submarine warfare pin. And, um, you know, that, that pen basically means and represents that you are, you know, you, you at least you're you're at least um, at a level that's that's considered proficient, being able to protect yourself and protect others in the event of uh, something that could potentially kill everybody. That's you know that that that's kind of a little bit of what happens when you get to the boat, but taking it one step further. You know, when when you when you get to, when you get to the boat and you do this stuff, um, you know, submarines is not an ordinary uh, part of the navy. There's not that many of us compared to, you know, the total uh, population of the navy. Um, I would say we're like two percent, right? Something like that. Uh, less than one percent, actually. Was it really? Yeah. 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 And um, you know, there there you know, so there aren't aren't very many of us, but um, you know, you you have certain you know, I guess, you know, quote unquote, elite sects of different, um, you know, there, there's, you know, there's certain people in, in the army, um, you know, in the Navy and the air force, you know, no, no matter what, uh, branch you're talking about, um, you know, there are certain groups of people. And if you, if you end up becoming one of them, you know, it, it's kind of, kind of a brotherhood that, you know, this certain bond that you form and you share uh, with one another. And, you know, that, that bond, it's not, you know, sometimes it's, it's very difficult to really describe it, but it's something that um, very, very often for so many of us, it, it can last long after we take the uniform off. And those days that you wore the uniform, you know, they, they never really go away, no matter how long you've been away. And, um, you know, I think that's, you know, one of the things about submarines, you know, and about submariners, uh, you know, you can go just about anywhere, you know, go anywhere, do anything, and you might run into one. And, you know, no matter, you know, you can be complete strangers and, you know, it could, you know, your conversation can suddenly take a turn just like that, where it's suddenly like, oh, wait a minute, wait, you, you were on, you were on a boat. What, wait, what boat were you on? What, what rate were you? What, what did you do? Oh, oh, you, you did that. Oh shit. I did this. And, you know, before you know it, you're connecting with one another in a way that you could not connect with, um, you know, even some people that you, have known for for years so um you know that was kind of something that i'd wanted to just bring up there so to give a little perspective on the matter of like how many people are in submarine force like how small the community it really is so there's 350,000 active duty naval personnel like the 350,000 people in the navy who are active duty so uh there's 65 66 65 66 submarines like active duty submarines current right now and they're decomming one every year but they're also making one every year right so that number probably won't change uh roughly right rough estimate 150 people 
submarine. It's probably a good guess, right? Yeah, it's about about fair. Yeah, it's a little bit. It's usually a little bit less, but out of three hundred fifty thousand people who are active duty military or active duty in the Navy, uh, that's nine thousand nine hundred people that are in submarines, which is a very small community. And it, I run into it a lot. Uh, my dad was a sub guy, and I've run into probably fifty people who served with my dad or knew who he was, and it, it, throughout my naval career. Like I went to uh, uh, this little bar in Grand Connecticut when I was in sub school called Subbets. You guys remember that? Yep. I went there and I met like ten guys that night who were all on the same boat with my dad at like a certain time. And I'm like, and th- at this point, they haven't t- seen or talked to each other in thirty years. And I called my dad and let him know, and he's like, "Oh, put me on speakerphone. Like, let me talk to these guys." And he knew everyone's name, like, and it's almost like those 30 years never happened. Like they were almost like there was like the day after the last day they ever saw each other, or ever spoke to each other. Like they instantly caught up like that. And they're already talking like they were talking back in the 1980s, like when my dad was serving on submarines and like, it's just crazy. All right. So that's it for part two, uh, the final part of life aboard a Naval submarine with Tyler Kerrigan and Aaron Desjardins. Um, I really hope you guys enjoyed it, and I hope you guys stick around next week for the Season 2 finale. I've really enjoyed making these episodes. I hope you guys have enjoyed, you know, have enjoyed listening. Uh, Have a great day, everybody.